to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. This is the Day 8 edition for the Australian Open, Monday's fourth round matches, and there were lots of great matches on the card today, and I'm coming to you at 12.12 a.m. Pacific Time on the West Coast, 7.12 p.m. Monday night in Melbourne. Yes, I'm being a little sneaky. I am time-traveling to the past. Six of the eight matches for the day have been completed. I'm going to go over them, and I will attach another part to the podcast later on to talk about the two matches that are still going on. Let's get right into it. The first match of the day... Number 5 seed, Arena Sabalenka, beat number 12, Belinda Bencic, 7-5-6-2. I'm going to talk about that in a separate clip in just a couple of minutes. And um, Donna Vekic beat Linda Fruvatova, 6-2-1-6-6-3. Simultaneously... Magda Lynette beat the number four seed, Carolyn Garcia, 7-6-6-4. And number one, it was very upsetting that the women's matches were all on simultaneously, essentially. Three of them were on at the same time after the first one had already been completed. And the women's matches were finished before 3 p.m. local time, at which time none of the men's matches had yet to strike a ball. And I, I, I said this on yesterday's podcast, and other people have said it as well. This is sexist. It is sexist scheduling, and Craig Tiley and Tennis Australia and everybody involved deserves to be pilloried for that. However, at the time... Having these matches on simultaneously, they were good, and they were on simultaneously. So there was a period uh, Monday afternoon where it was happening at Melbourne Park. Garcia was fighting to stay alive against Lynette. There were long games in that second set. We can talk about that briefly, even though I didn't see all of it. Garcia was up a double break in that match against Magda Lynette. Let me check the webpage here to get the the play-by-play. How many games she was actually up by in that first set. So Garcia was up three love with two breaks. And she gave it all back. The first set went to a tie break, which Lynette won. The second set was much more of a scrap that I saw. I, I didn't tune into this match until the second set. And in the second set that I saw, there were some long games, three all, four all, Garcia trying to hold on for dear life, and in the end, not being able to do so. Thirty year old Magda Lynette, a journeywoman player who's never been ranked inside the top thirty, gets one of gets a big win in her career, beating a top four seed here. Garcia was not at the top of the list of contenders for me. 
However, she was a top four seed, and she, she will be disappointed with this early exit, comparatively early exit, and she should be. Taking a look at the stats for the match, winners to errors, Lynette was plus nine, and Garcia was minus six. And total winners unforced, Lynette had a total of 39, and Garcia had a total of 33 and 27. That would be 63, that'd be 60. Again, significantly more, much like in the Sabalenka Benchich match, which you will hear about in a moment, Garcia littered up the stats sheet. She went for it much more. And in this case, she did not do very well. She dominated the match with her errors. 33 errors. How many points did Lynette win? Lynette won 83 points. 33 of them were Garcia errors. Garcia is error-prone. Error-prone. She doesn't have a plan B necessarily to her game. Given that fact, I'm not surprised she lost. I am surprised Magda Lynette won, though. Lynette is one of those players that in all the years I've been making my own homemade draws, she's in the draw. You see the name, you think, oh, there's that name. And that's all that you think about when it comes to Magda Lynette. It's nice to see a lunch pail, paycheck sort of player get a nice win like this. Magda Lynette is the same age as me, which is interesting to me. I don't know if I have anything else to add to that. Just, we look completely different. We have completely different lifestyles. But, there you go. I don't know where I was going with that. It's late, and this is a one-take podcast. It's not going as well as I would have liked. Okay, so Lynette and Garcia, that was one of the matches. Let's take a look at some of the other ones. Oh, yes, let's get to this. Oh, no, we'll come We'll come to that. And simultaneously in the early afternoon window when this was going on, Donna Vekic got the win over Fruvatova, 6-2-1-6-6-3 once again. Didn't see too much of it, but Vekic played well late to get the break there. I think she got the break at 4-3 to serve for the match at 5-3, and she got it done. Much much has been made and much more will be made now that she got this win about Vekic's coaching relationship with Pam Shriver. Vekic is one of those players that six or seven years ago, she was a big prospect, but she had poor results and she had injuries, so she never really got to the top of the game in the way that we thought that she needed to. And rightly or wrongly, this run here over the last week will be attributed to Pam Shriver, as well as Vekic. Vekic is 26 now. She's not necessarily a veteran, but she's not a young player anymore. 
So nice to see her get this win. And did I cover all the matches there? What was the fourth women's match? One, two, three. Oh, yes. Pliskova. Way out on Kia Arena in under an hour. Number 30 seed Karolina Pliskova beat number 23 seed Zhang. Six love, six four. And it just happened there. I needed to scroll down on the page to remember that Pliskova was in the tournament. And that is exactly the way that she likes it. She's older now. She's a little bit lower ranked. She's not being talked about. And she's back into the quarterfinals of a major. The further she goes, the more the spotlight is on her. So maybe the less that theory will apply if she wins a couple more matches. But she has ridden the obscurity train all the way to the quarterfinals. And that is just fine with her. The women's quarterfinals are now set. Here is the women's draw. Number 22, Elena Rabakina of Kazakhstan versus number 17, Yelena Ostapenko of Latvia. Number 3, Jessica Pagula of the United States against number 24, Victoria Azarenka of a mystery country that is Belarus. Number 30, Karolina Pliskova of the Czech Republic against Magda Lynette of Poland. And number 5, Arena Sabalenka from the mysterious banned country of Belarus versus Donna Vekic from Croatia. The women's tournament wrapped up at 3 p.m. local time, giving way to the men's matches. And about half an hour ago, the crazy match between Andre Rublev and Holger Rune finished. And most of this match was garbage. This is going to be my second deep dive of the day, but it's going to be the first one that you hear because I recorded the other one earlier and I'm going to put it in after this. So this match was crazy. This is one where it's hard to, to summarize in one tweet or one sentence or one tweet. So I have to talk a little bit about it. First two sets, 6-3 to Rublev, 6-3 to Runa. Nothing really to see there. And I only, let's see, third set. What happened in the third set? Was there anything notable there? Yeah, this was the set where at 2-3. No, that wasn't it. Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. This is why it's an amateur pod, you guys. Okay. Um... Uh, Rune was serving at 2-3 in the third, and he lost his serve in double-quick time. And it was a very, 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 very bad game. And that eventually led to the third set for Rublev. It felt like Rublev had a chance to turn the screws early in the fourth set because Rune was spiraling mentally. But Rublev was unable to do that, and Holger took the fourth set. 6-4 after failing to serve it out at 5-3 
he got the re-break, did Runa to get the set and to start serving first in the fifth. And the fifth, he continued his momentum. Holger did, getting up 5-2. And he had a, a, a lapse. Rublev came back, got to 5-all. Runa had a match point at 6-5 on return, but he didn't get it, so it went into a fifth-set tiebreak. I'm skimming over most of that stuff because the first, all five sets until the tiebreak began, the, the entirety of the five sets was just garbage tennis. It was one of the worst matches I've seen in a while, and it was probably one of the worst least exciting, boring, bad shot, bad shot selection, completely sucked of life matches that I've really ever seen. The choking was off the charts. To uh, to use a word that tennis Twitter uses from time to time, hashtag hormones. It happens in the men's game too. And it ha- it was really, really, really bad. Um, just Rublev was awful, Runa was awful, and in the tiebreak, it was, it was one of those matches where the person who had the lead could not hold the lead, hashtag playing with a lead is hard, Runa was up 5-0 and 7-5 in the tiebreak, and it got back to 7-all, then Rublev had a couple match points of his own, couldn't do it, seesawing back and forth, Runa had an absolutely insane around-the-net post pass for a winner to save one of the match points at the end of the match. And then about a minute later, Rublev gets the win on a dead net cord return winner that Runa had no shot at getting. So Rublev gets the win despite the massive choke job over the course of the Three hours and 37 minutes. Final score, 6 Be glad that I watched that match first ball to last ball so that you did not have to. The other men's match that has been completed so far, Benjamin Shelton. Ben freaking Shelton is in the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. Do, 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 go, Gators! Do, 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 boom. He gets the win over J.J. Wolf. 6-7-6-2, J.J. Wolf ran out of steam physically late in that match, starting with the fourth set tiebreak. He got behind 5-2 in the tiebreak, and... At that point, it kind of felt like a Ben Shelton victory. After the match, Shelton gave a very nice on-court interview. I really liked his style. He said he was trying to pump the crowd up. He was pumping the crowd up during the interview. He did it in a way that was not very typical. And he had a very confident way of speaking. He looked very sure of himself. Six months after turning pro at the age of 20, Ben Shelton, the NCAA 
tennis champ, the reigning champ, out of the University of Florida. He was playing J.J. Wolf, a guy who came out of the college system at Ohio State. So in many ways, it felt like a college match out there, including with a college atmosphere, with the, the working of the crowd, the enthusiasm of the crowd out on a third court, where the crowds can be very enthusiastic. So Ben Shelton gets that win. And I see that Djokovic is warming up, so I'm going to have to hustle here. Um, I'm going to cut it here. Let's go to my match report about Sabalenka and Bencic, and then we'll time travel and I'll update you on Djokovic, Damon R, and Bautista, Agut, and Paul. See you in a moment. I'll be right back. Now it's time for our first deep dive of the day. And what better place to start than the first match of the day, which was number five seed Arena Sabalenka, taken on number 12 seed Belinda Bencic. This was the first match on Rod Laver Arena. On Monday, it got underway at 11.10 a.m. Coming into the match, Sabalenka was definitely a top two contender. At this point in the tournament, Pagula and Sabalenka are the favorites to win, without a doubt. They are the favorites to contest the final on Saturday night, in my mind, at this point. Bencic was my pre-tournament pick to make the final, so this was an interesting one on paper. It was one of the lady matches of the day. Once again, the match of the day got scheduled first on Rod Laver Arena. And we can get into this now. There are four women's matches today and four men's matches. The four women's matches essentially were scheduled first on all the courts. The first two singles on Rod Laver were women. The first singles on the outside courts were women. Just to get the court names real, real quick. Uh, the first singles on Margaret Court Arena and the first singles on Kia Arena were all women's matches. And then in the late afternoon and evening, there are no women's matches on the schedule. Of course, in tennis and in sports in general, early afternoon, morning, Start times are not as desirable in terms of crowd size and television ratings. And for the four men's matches, three late afternoon, zero early, and one night session match. So all four men's matches got prime slotting, and all four women's matches got poor slotting. I will come right out and say it. That is sexist. Australian Open, Craig Tiley, Tennis Australia, everybody involved on the administrative side. This is awful, this is terrible, and I expect more from you. Going to the match now, Sabalenka against Bencic. Going through my notes, Sabalenka held to go up one love, it's one all. 
Sabalenka played a bad game early on when Sabalenka was serving at one all. She double faulted three times in eight points to lose her serve. Of the five points that Benchich won to break, three of them were Sabalenka double faults. And Benchich gets the early break to go up 2-1 with a break. And this is very reminiscent of Sabalenka's 2022 season when she struggled mightily with the serve. She's the number five seed, semifinals of the U.S. Open, WTA finals participant, top eight. And she got there with a terrible serve. And you hoped that she had fixed that in the off season, And in her first couple of matches, it looked like she had fixed it. And in her first service game, she held to 15. But in her second service game here at 1-all, she had three doubles and got broken. And in that moment, it was very reminiscent of last season. Um, But she came back the next time at 1-3. She held to 15. And eventually, Bencic was up four games to two in that first set. And from this point, Sabalenka completely turned it around, as we shall see. So Sabalenka's 2-4 down here. She holds at 15. Then we get to Bencic serving at 4-3. A couple of interesting things in this game. At 30, at 15 all? At 15 all in this game. Bencic serving 4-3. Bencic hit an ace, and Sabalenka completely guessed the wrong direction, which was interesting. But then two points later, um, you know, it got back to 30-all. Then at the 30-all point, Sabalenka had a read on the serve, and she got ahead in the point, and she won the point. And then she won the next one to get the break back to 4-all. She survived the double fault. Sabalenka did to go up 5-4 on serve. There was a nice rally at 15-all in the 4-5 game to get it to... Sorry, at uh, the 30-15 point. No, the 15-all, 27-25. Yeah, the 15-all point to go up 30-15. Bencic had a nice point there. Bencic holds for 5-all. It was a very tight and interesting first set. 4-all, 5-all. When you didn't know what the outcome was, it was interesting stuff. Sabalenka came back with a love hold at 5-all, which was a great, great effort, especially after her poor game earlier in the set, to go up 6-5. So Bencic is serving at 5-6 to stay in the set. And she does get down a break point, set point in that set. It was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It was 15-40 at 5-6. Bencic serving. And then it was Bencic that hit the double fault to lose the set. So the first set goes to Sabalenka, 7 games to 5. A very interesting set, a very tight set. I enjoyed watching it. It was interesting that Sabalenka's serve was better late, and Bencic's serve was what lost her the set. 
considering Sabalenka's uh, struggles last season. First game of the second, Sabalenka holds to 15. Fast forwarding a little bit, Benchich serving at 5-7-1-2 in the second set. Down break point in that game. Benchich double faults again to go down a set and a break. Sabalenka consolidates, 7-5-4-1. Serving at 1-4, Benchich did survive another double fault to hold to get up to 4-2. And serving at 4-2, Sabalenka was down love 30, serving at 4-2. And the match at that point had definitely swung in Sabalenka's favor she, from going down 2-4. She went on a run to get up 7-5-4-1. But the serve demons, they can rear their head at any time, right? Like they did earlier in this match. And it just felt like if Benchich could manufacture a break to get back on serve in the second set, it could become a match play sort of situation. Uh, situational situation. A mental situation. So it was really, really strong effort for Sabalenka to win four straight points from Love 30 to go up 5-2. And then Benchich, or I'm sorry, then Sabalenka broke again to close it out 7-5-6-2. So number five seed, Arena Sabalenka. One of the top two contenders for the women's title at the Australian Open beats number 12, Belinda Bencic, 7-5-6-2, to get a very nice win, very entertaining win. From 2-4 down, Sabalenka won 11 of 14 games, and the total points was 50-28, to which is quite a beatdown. So in the end, from the two, for after the first six games, from 2-4, it was a routine win for Sabalenka, even though we didn't kind of know it for a while yet. But even though it was routine, it was nice to see Sabalenka played, play well, and I enjoyed watching that match. Just to get some statistical verification of Sabalenka's strong performance. Her serve her average first serve speed was 108 miles an hour, which is nice. Her first serve percentage was 59 and she won 78% of her first serves. That is very strong. And she won 64% of her second serves. In all of those categories, she was many percentage points better than Benchich. First serves in, 59 to 53%. First serve win, 78 to 63. Second serve win, 64 to 48. Fastest serve in kilos, or sorry, first serve average in kilos, 174 to 160. Sabalenka's serve was very strong, and Benchich's serve failed her in the crucial moments, especially with some double faults on break points.
going to winners and errors. Sabalenka dictated the match. Total winners and errors. Sabalenka had 50 total. And Bencic had 29 total. 50 to 29. That's a big disparity. That's what they call littering up the stats sheet for Sabalenka. Sabalenka was plus 14 winners to errors. And Bencic was minus 1 winners to errors. Total points won, 64 to 47. Going forward, it'll be interesting to see Bencic's year. She's already top 12, top 15, you know. I picked her to make the final here. She could be a legit top 10, top 8 player. And if, if a draw breaks her way, maybe she could have a deep run at a Grand Slam. Even deeper than here. For Sabalenka, this was her first career Australian Open quarterfinal. Yes, it was. At the age of 24. She's been a contender for a couple of years now. And in the face of those expectations, she has not done very well. Yes, I do understand that she's made three semifinals. But at the Australian Open and the French Open, she's never made a quarterfinal until today. And this is one of the first times where we've got to this point in the tournament where she is still in it. And it feels like she could go all the way here. Given the draw... I would make Sabalenka the favorite to get to the final, and then we'll see what happens, especially if she plays Pagula. But Sabalenka is playing very, very well, and she is a top-two contender to win this title. And that was your deep dive on the first match of the day. Let's try some commentary or some play-by-play for a live look-in. 2.10 a.m. Pacific. Tommy Paul serving for the match against Roberto Time. Bautista Agut. He just broke from 30 love down. Four points in a row. So Tommy Paul on the verge of a spot in the quarterfinals here. Have to go back to 2000. We have three American men in the quarterfinals at the Australian Open. And even we have to go back to 2005 at any of the Grand Slams to have three American men through to the quarterfinals. Paul for the match, six five in the fourth. Paul. Bautista out. Stay for Paul. Spot in the quarter has been Shelton. The 20-year-old ranked player still remaining. Awaits. Winnable quarterfinal for both of them. For certain. Ace. 30 love. 30 love.
weak return. Paul to the back of the court. Paul forehand is long. 30-15. It's probably the only shot that hasn't been 13, really reliable. 15. It's that line forehand where he's just rotated a little early and jumped through the shot sometimes. Small blemish on what has been to this point. A very impressive performance. Good serve. Weak reply. Second shot at the net. Bautista pass. Attempt into the net. 40-15. Two 40, match points. 15. For so the two match points come up. I reckon now would be a good time to bring out the bazooka and launch a 220. But just a nice slice approach shot down the line deep might have been the better option. I think Brad <laughs> there is thinking a bit likewise. <laughs> Match point for Paul again. Oh, dead oh, winner, just like the other match. And Tall wins. He's through to the quarterfinals for the first time in his career, and that's a huge win for the American. Four sets. Probably not the way he would have liked to have done it in the end with the assistance of the net court, but over the last three hours and 19 minutes, he has been the better player, and he deserves his spot in the quarterfinals. Happy coach, happy player, and uh, as you said, Dave, absolutely, I like but I think a better player, if you look at his statistics, 58 winners, 46 unforced errors, he was the man who took Batista Agu on and said, I'm going to try and overpower you, and he did. Batista Agu, we know what a competitor he is, he doesn't go away, he makes you win the match, he doesn't lose, you have to beat him. And that was the case here tonight. You'll receive warm applause, I'm sure, because out here, no, everybody's all. Bautista, the legend, the leader in the court. And he was close, wasn't he? Just, you had the feeling if it went to a fifth, it was going to be probably in his favor. But he wasn't able to deal with what Tommy Paul brought to the table tonight. Paul with won. the two young Americans through to the quarterfinal. And let's turn that down. Yeah. So Paul got the win. 6-2-4-6-6-2-7-5. Three hours, 19. Let's listen to his interview. This is live now. I don't know what's coming. So we've just about locked away all of the quarterfinal spots, and this man is going to be 
one of the players for the first time he's there let's join Ian Cohen courtside with our winner Tommy congratulations three hours and nearly 20 minutes of tennis and through for the first time here at Melbourne Park to a quarter-final well done thank you man uh... Man, that was a really uh, physical, tough match. I mean, anytime you play uh, Batista, it's going to be a war. So I was prepared for that match, and uh, I thought I executed really well today. Uh, it's always fun playing on this court. I think it's my third time playing here, and it's always a blast. You certainly had uh, the serve working for you well. You bombed it down at 220. You had 10 aces. That was one part of the game. What else did you have to work on to be able to beat him? He's so good defensively. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like I was running a lot, though, so uh, <laughs> I definitely wanted to be on offense a little bit more uh, there towards the end of the match. I feel like the first set, I was kind of controlling everything, and then he was finding so many forehands later in the match and making me run, so that wasn't a lot of fun, but uh, happy to get through that one. Well, now that you are through, and we'll let you get into the ice bath shortly, you now take on countryman Ben Shelton. What are your thoughts ahead of that matchup? Well, yeah, I think he was down two sets to one when I came on court, so I had no idea who uh, I would play if I won. Um, but I was happy with either, you know. I'm really happy to be playing an American uh, in the quarters. I mean, there's going to be an American in the semis for sure, so uh, I'm really excited for that, and hopefully you guys can come out and watch that one too. Good luck with it. We'll let you get away. Well done. Congratulations into the quarterfinals for the first time. Tommy Paul. We've all been impressed with what Ben Shelton is bringing to the table, but that is going to be one to watch. That quarterfinal between these two young Americans, one well, a lot younger at 20, and uh, making his way through the ranks rapidly, you would imagine. It's going to be a name that's going to hang around for a while in Ben Shelton, but that was impressive from Tommy Paul. No question about it. I think that was one of the more mature matches situation that we've seen from Tommy Paul he's been threatening for some time but he was very good as we looked at one all right let's hop over to the Djokovic match let's check out let's check on what's happening over there that's the last match of the day and Damon R just held to be down 4-1 double break so Djokovic is going to be serving at 6-2-6-1-4-1 here so Djokovic has at least two games left. I think I'm going to leave this in the podcast because I want to try to accurately represent what my overriding feeling is at the moment. And that is a feeling of I want to go to bed very badly and when you get to this day part... 2.19 a.m. where I am right now. I did I did everything else. I kind of did my pre-bed routine already. The rest of the podcast is already edited and ready to go. All I have to do, the microsecond this match is over, I can say that Djokovic won and that uh, he got the win and then after that's over I can post the podcast as soon as I am ready 
But yeah, it's just waiting, 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 waiting. I really hope he gets it done in eight points here. Let's have eight points in a row, Novak. Or at least win both of these games, man. Do me a solid here. He, you've done me a solid already by winning very quickly. But let's keep it going, man. Let's go. All right, let's dip into the match audio. Clipsing. Alex Dimonor down on the court surface of Rod Laver Arena. If there were any doubts, any concerns for any Djokovic fans about their man's fitness, they have been put firmly to bed. Djokovic's left leg is visibly strapped. As he steps up to put the dagger through Dimonor's dreams here. The tape reaches almost all the way down to the beginning of his left knee. Djokovic put off by some crowd noise. He looks to his left derisively at the source of the noise. Here comes the 4-1 game with two breaks. The beer gardens are flowing in Melbourne Park at the moment, as you just heard. Demon slice backhand. Djokovic down the line. Demon scrambling. Gets back on the point. Djokovic takes the offensive with the winner. I was just about to say, I'm probably clutching at straws, but yeah, there was a couple of loose errors in the previous game, and how hard is it to concentrate? As well as Novak has concentrated for the duration of the match. Show good spirit of the sport by not disturbing the play on his service motion. Yeah, that's Thanks a lot. Absolutely. So just when he does make a couple of unforced errors in the previous game, he dials it straight back in on his serve. Djokovic drop shot, Demon scrambling. He did not get it. Pretty love. He does that so well. The drop shot off the backhand, he cuts from outside in. So with each revolution, it's just drifting away ever so slightly. Got to be a pretty good drop shot to beat the Demon. Yep, and he's not struggled with a hamstring over nine shots as well. He's beating Dimonor, so it's not as though anyone has got that kind of uh, area to aim at, trying to extend the rallies. He's been excellent in every single facet of the game. Fold. Djokovic on the offensive again. Demon are down the line. Djokovic down the same yeah. line. Demon tried to go back down the oh, same got a line. Perfect view here, Pedro. You can just see everything unfold. You can see the possibility of where he should go, and he just does it every time. You see the ability here to wrong foot Alex, who's trying to cover the backhand, and he just hits it inch perfectly. Yeah, you know, Wally, it's an art form to know where to go but it's way better than that if you can actually do it as well. Yeah, execution is perfect. Fold. Djokovic is up 40 love despite missing some first serves here. It's been that kind of night for him. Complete domination. Fold. 
double Just for the 15. Players, they, they operate differently. You almost get the sense with somebody like 14, Novak that the, 15. the eye looks and the mind sees and it works simultaneously. You, you look at some of the lower rank players and even with Alex, I, I hate to say it though, you know, you get the sense that they see the ball and then their mind thinks about what to do. Whereas with Novak, simultaneously, it's all happening. Djokovic put off by the crowd again. Yeah, the good players, they always seem to have more time, don't they? And as a consequence, they hit the ball that well, that buys them a little more time on the next shot. And so it goes. Now, Djokovic goes But I think the big thing for me, when I look at Novak from a technical point of view, you could put a plumb line, an imaginary plumb line Come down on, through man. his body. Let's not go and to the juice here. I want to go to bed. The head doesn't, there's no lift or... There's no movement away from that really strong core. So he has a great knack of just finding the middle. The eye line is so set. Love Mohammed. <laughs> This feels like a performance that's a down payment for harder battles to come. Djokovic leads five. But it is one that he will savor. When you talk about battles to come, Petch, and the winner of this match plays Rublev, who of course had a, an epic five setter, winning in the tiebreak in the fifth against Rune. So I know he's superbly fit, Rublev, and he'll bounce back. But as you get to the, this stage of the second week of a slam, yeah, you don't want. To use too much gas in the tank. 2 1 there, head to head. Novak winning both matches on a hardcore at the Nitto ATP finals. One in 2021 against Rublev. David Three and two, he won that one last year. Demon's already behind in the point. Scramble, forehand shot. That one's similar long for number of games lost four and one. Rublev did get him at home in Belgrade in the final. He wasn't playing great on the play. It was a cold, long week in Belgrade as well for Novak. Lost six love in the final set to Rublev there. Martin Schopenhauer once said, Talent hits a target no one else can hit. 2.26 a.m. for me right no one now. Else can see. Just of note, sums up this performance the Azarenka match last night finished only 10 minutes earlier than this. So think about how I've been saying what I'm feeling. Apply it to that situation for the, the players and fans that were there. Much earlier night tonight in Melbourne. Love 15. Djokovic is all over him, even on the return. Dictating the point. Demon with the pass, though. So that's Demon, the counterpuncher at his best. He had a target. Well, he maybe just bring him into the net every single point. Yeah, it's a high-risk play, though, isn't it? <laughs> interesting, though, Fitzy Novak. I mean, he, he's a good volleyer, no question. But it was kind of interesting there, Fitzy, because he, he approached forehand, covered middle. Like, it wasn't... He, he, <laughs> I mean, you've got to follow the approach. He just went straight to the middle of the court. 
Am I being hypercritical? <laughs> Have I found a chink? I think you found an a mirage, an oasis. An illusion. Uh, turns out. I'm not Look, cutting any of this. Knowing, this is all staying in. Knowing our level and Novak's level, I think we're just here to uh, make comments on the game, really, rather than finding critiques. What do you think, uh, Pitch? I, I don't, I've watched enough of him to know that he spent uh, near on 13 years now working on his net game. I'll never forget him playing Rafa in Hamburg one year on the slow clay courts and came in for three sets. It was almost like a, a down payment for the rest of his career. Double, 30 all. He's never stopped working. Two He's points never stopped improving. He's never stopped Let's go, Novak. Come on, man. Let's go. Hard work may be talent, but if talent works Two hard, more points. you have absolutely no chance. Look, I don't know how long you can keep playing there because I don't think you can get better than this. So you, 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 I'm not sure if he can keep improving anymore. What a player. Yoshihito Nishioka would have lost this match. Love, love, and love. Show good sportsmanship. No need to do these kind of comments, please. Thank you. Well said. Yep. Muhammad should get security on him if they continue to be a problem. Don't know what that sound is. Demon backhand, Joker's backhand. Forehand from Djokovic taking control. Djokovic does the drop shot. Demon coming in. Djokovic easily flicks the pass to get to match point. Here we go. And as the scoreline is blown out, we've seen power all night. We've seen a little bit of touch off both wings. Executed perfectly. He will not be denied his destination assured. A place in the quarterfinals here. Yes. Delayed, maybe. Ace. But not denied. Thank <laughs> you. 
Djokovic goes all the way across the court, makes Demon run. Djokovic at the net. And is he gonna get passed? No, Demon can't make the pass. Back to Deuce. Probably should have made that pass, Demon. How are you feeling about his court position up at the net now? Well, you right. know, he's improved. I'm gonna mute that for just a second to go over tomorrow's schedule. This is all on Rod Laver Arena, quarterfinal action for Tuesday, January 24th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Ostapenko versus Rabakina. 10 p.m. Eastern, Ketchinoff versus Korda. 3 a.m. Eastern, Pagula versus Azarenka, followed by Sitsipas versus Lehechka. Only four matches there as Alex Damonar hits an ace. Only four matches tomorrow, all on one court. All right. Because the minute, the, the microsecond this is over, I'm ending the pod, baby. Okay. Um, add Damon R. Here it is. We are live. Fold. pleased about that. A couple of hours, Demonor's managed to keep Djokovic out here for, but the serve will serve Djokovic for the win. Needs five games to do. do, do, ch, ba, do, do, ch, do, do, do ch, it's the hold music. Do, do, ch, ba, do, do, ch, do, 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 do. Hold music. Thank you for holding. Your call is very unimportant to us. The next available representative will... Okay, I'm back. Let me just verify your address so I can send you my weight in free sign-up CDs. It's interesting, I said earlier on that he was hitting the inside out backhand a little bit more. Just having a look at one of the whole... The... <laughs> This podcast is pro presented by Shake Pro. Do you kids like the video games? <laughs> I love video games. I love being able to play video games for more than a few hours. But his ability to understand... Not cutting any of that. Just having some fun now. Why the heck not? Djokovic for the match. A little Mexican wave going now. You get the feeling this game's going to be a little bit raucous. Yep. Empire will have to work hard. I'm kind of feeling a break here. Subdued. Actually, this could be interesting. 6 2, 6 1, 5 2. Oh. 
Love 15. The return and landing right at Djokovic's feet, and I mean, he couldn't handle it. Faster than his average first Let's go. 194. Up Credit to Dimonor there to ping one back onto the baseline. Second serve. Mohammed puts his hand up to silence the crowd. Oh, second serve eight. That, that was pretty stick. That was slick right there. Come on, man. It's bedtime. It's past bedtime. Three more points. Didn't appreciate the previous return. Good serve. Good. Okay, his neck game really coming to the fore. 30 15. Something we would have liked to see a little bit from 15. Demon, but Demon just hasn't been able to get that short ball to play the forehand line. Novak shows us how it's done. Classic forehand volley grip, but he just knows where the racket face needs to be. Another volley, double match. We've had a few sort of moments in it, and sort of Murray scramble in that match. It evoked memories of Connors and Crickstein from '91. We had a 15. match before this that ended on a net call. That kind of uh, provoked the thoughts of Lendl and Becker from the Masters in '88. I was wondering whether we we're queuing up the mu music for Connors Pernfors from '87 from Wimbledon. Connors down 6-1, 6-1, I think not. Djokovic is the winner. Good night.